Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. Hey everybody, welcome back to Snakes and Otters. I am Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Welcome to episode 45. Um, I know we hinted uh, last time that we were going to talk about the election of 1820, uh, with this idea of it was... Uh, uh, one of our series in a, of dirty elections or, or controversial elections, because we've already talked 1972. But uh, our memories uh, faulted us or, or failed us, and actually 1820 was not a controversial election. Right. Uh, 1820. That was probably the last non-controversial election <laughs> well, that's in true. U.S. history. That's it, true. It actually was. And you're, you're going to give a little background. Yeah, on that. you're absolutely yeah. right. Because it sets the, things up. The election we were really thinking about was 1828. Yep. But in researching this a little bit, guys, I started looking at this, and well, you know what? 1828 doesn't really make any sense without talking about 1824. Right. Right. And 1824 really doesn't make any sense without talking about 1820. So it does kind of go in a series, yeah. but it is pretty interesting what happens because you guys, you know, you're absolutely right. Not only is it controversial, but it really is kind of the first modern election in 1920 or in 1828. Right. Yeah. So. Well, it it is and it isn't in, in the sense that because um, I always go back to the first truly modern election as far as the the electioneering dirty tricks that we think of today really was 1800. That got yeah. some, some, yeah. some nasty that's stuff. Its own, that's its own story. Too. The only thing that sets that apart from being a truly modern election is it was pre-political parties. It was really the first one where they had kind of split into parties, but it wasn't really gelled like it right. is. And it was even before the 12th Amendment to the Constitution yep. that changed how the election process was actually done. Right. Uh, but as far as dirty tricks, it, it is way up. It is right up there with these, these 1824 and 1828. Yep. And you're absolutely right. And that, again, that plays everything that happened then mm-hmm. figures into what happens in 1820, uh, 24, and 28. Well, you, you raise a very good point. It's very important that we realize that the political process in general, and if you're paying attention in modern times, this should be obvious, is a cyclical thing. What happens previously always informs where things go with the yep. next time. Well, it's cyclical and it's a pendulum. That's right. It swings to the right. Today we use the terms right and left. Swings to the right, swings to the left, swings back to the right. And nowadays, hardly ever stays in the center at all. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, and sometimes right. trying to understand them is a little like chase, chasing a chicken in the barnyard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, could be, they could be tough to get a hold of. Well, you might be uh, kind of saying something about the American electorate by doing that. Because uh, are we... I don't think we're fickle. I really don't. But I do think I that... Do. Well, I'd say that... And I, I think that we, we're willing to give only so much at a certain time. You notice how we kind of flip-flop back and forth mm-hmm. with priorities and sometimes parties. Uh, that seems to be something that, at least in modern times... Uh, we're only going to give so much, give one group so much. Maybe that's the American way of thinking. Well, and, and actually, I think I, I will modify my. I I think they're a fickle statement to this. Um, the percentages in our two main political parties today vary depending on the time and whatever else is going on. But essentially, thirty-five to forty percent 
belonged to of the U.S. electorate belonged to each of the two major political parties. Right. Yes. Solidly so. Solid. And and nowadays it is solidly so. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, thirty years ago it was not so solid. There was the middle that um, that middle undecided uh, also included a lot of uh, well I'm a Republican so I can vote in my primaries or I'm a Democrat so I can vote in my primaries because that was the big deal here in this state when I first came here. Everybody was a Democrat. Why? So I can vote. What do you mean so you can vote? They yeah. don't let you vote if you're a Republican here? My father would say that exact same thing. He, he, he thought they were, they were ridiculously dead here. He says if you want to be involved in Kentucky politics, you have to be a Democrat. Right. But that's a very different Democratic Party. Right. That's a, that's a blue dog conservative Democratic and Party. And that's more of a regional thing where that sort of thing yes. happens. Right. Although now, nationally, we are very solidified into those two extreme yeah. bases. Right. That middle, that 20 to 30 percent in the middle, is the fickle part. Yeah, that's oh yeah. That's the fickle part. Yeah, it, it's, so. it's that's what decides elections. They yeah. decide a, a, a consensus and pull one way or the other, and, and they and go that's the way both it's ways. They, they, I mean, but it is the way it's designed to work. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my my point, I think, is that we, I think, in our core as Americans, we don't we're very anti-tyrannical. We don't like to give any one party, if we're thinking at all like this, not all of us do, but those of us that do, we don't think that you should have, nobody should have too much power themselves for too long. Maybe this, I don't yeah. know, that, I don't yeah. think that that's always deliberate. I think that's almost congenital. Well, we just kind of go that way. And that's part of why the pendulum swings. That's exactly I think that's right. Mo- I think that's mainly true, though, only at the presidential level. Because when you Mostly. look at the re-election yes. rates yeah. and that's, to that's the what Senate I was kind and of the House, to. You know the now the rates are lower than they used to be, but when we first came of age, they were in the you know mid nineties to high nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you were once you got in, you stayed in, because the power of the incumbency is a big well, deal. That that is now, huge. Now, yeah. social media and other changes to how elections work, the you know the numbers are lower. And some guys and, and some women they just get out because it's just too nasty. So the turnover is a little bit higher. Unfortunately, those are probably the better ones too. Probably there's probably some truth in that. Um, one of the things that, um, uh, to, I'll, since you're taking a sip of your bourbon there, uh, uh, which, uh, what are we drinking today? Uh, this is Four Roses. Yeah, Four just, Roses. Yeah, yeah that's yes. right. We're all drinking Four Roses. I just yes. poured for everybody, and darn, it's good. It is oh, yeah. very good bourbon. Very good stuff. Um, one of the th- interesting things I saw in reading about the elections uh, for 1824 and 1828 is that the six prior elections basically had eliminated any two-party system. Right. It was all one party. Yeah. Because everybody else was ineffectual. That's unbelievable to us. Six presidential elections went to the same political party with really, the last several of them were candidates of the same party. Yeah. So, now... Kind of the anointed. Kind of. Now, they were... By the time we get to 1820 and 1824, they were very factionalized, though. Yeah. So they were ripe for a split. Right. That's part of what I wanted to cover, too. You, You set it up just perfectly, Robert. Um... 1820 is Monroe's re-election. Right. And he's essentially unopposed. Right. Because really, only one party exists at this time. Mm -hmm. That's what's called the Democrat-Republican Party, essentially founded by Jefferson Jefferson and Madison and Monroe early on to oppose the Federalists, which essentially is opposing Alexander Hamilton. Right. Right. John Adams at first, but that's yeah, it and Hamilton morphs, yeah. yeah emerges as kind of the driving force behind the partisanship on his end. 
And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. It's mercantile interest versus agrarian interest and all that stuff. The Second Bank of the United States was a big issue. Yeah. Oh, yes. Huge. Yep. And that would continue through all this, too. Yes. But essentially, the Federalist Party collapses because of the War of 1812. They, they sit on the sidelines. Uh, Madison wins. It's the Second American Revolution. And essentially, after that point, the Federalists just have no momentum. No, 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 no I mean, they basically don't exist anymore. And essentially, yeah. everybody now is part of this Democrat-Republican Party. Um, and traditionally, at this point, really the launch pad for a presidential campaign is the office of Secretary of State. Yes. Not, 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 vice, yeah, not, not vice the president. vice presidency at all. Um, what, what did one uh, vice president call it? Uh, basically worth a bucket of warm spit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. It was, it was probably the, you know, if it weren't constitutionally mm. mandated, uh, it was irrelevant. It was empty sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes when a president came to the office from being the vice president, they they really had no did. mechanism for, yeah. for most for, of our most of our history, right? Which yeah. is astounding when you right. think well, about it. Well, we did fix that eventually. We did, yeah. but uh, so they just left it open because it didn't matter. But uh, in the past, traditionally, the launch pad was Secretary of State. Jefferson right. had been Secretary of State. Uh, Madison had been his Secretary of right. State. Uh-huh. Monroe had been Madison's. Uh, you know, and on and on. Yeah, the last three presidents elected prior to 1824 were Secretary of State for the guy who was president right. before them. And, well, they were all ideologically together anyway. They were generationally different, but they were successors, anointed successors in many ways. Yeah. You know, Madison was, because of their ages too, Madison was Jefferson's anointed successor, Monroe was Madison's. So we've kind of come, you've got this essentially one party rule. And this Monroe's term was called the era of good feelings. There was no partisanship going on here. Well, there was no major... Poli- At the national level, I'd say that's probably very true. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, but I mean, as far as uh, partisanship, uh, that's these factions are starting to build because in 1820, uh, right around there, you have uh, the uh, quasi-war uh, issue, which actually there's a couple of those in our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got the uh, Second American... Uh, or Second U.S. Bank, which is an issue. Yep. You've got Florida... Uh, yep. Which thank you, Andy Jackson, for getting us Florida. Uh, although a lot of people will say, Andy Jackson, you bastard, you gave us Florida, yeah. uh, not because of Florida, just because of how we did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, you know, you're you're very right. There's a ton of tumult in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just emerging from the Napoleonic era. That's right. Yeah. France is is struggling to find its way. Uh, right. Britain As a matter of fact, right around this time. They get back a king and dump him like within a few years. Yeah. During this time, this the particular time. Restoration. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Louis the the eighteenth does not last long at yeah. all. In fact, the eighteen twenties there are uh, you have uh, the next one Charles the tenth I believe. Uh, uh, he he doesn't last long. And next thing you know, you've got a constitutional crisis there. They're kicking them, kicking them all out and bringing in Louis Philippe, which is an early honest and man. We're getting really into the weeds on this stuff, but. <laughs> All this stuff is going on while you've got enormous powers rising in Europe. So Europe's really not messing with us like they did in 1812. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why that we call this an era of good feeling. Because, you know, while there were some, there was a panic in in 1819 or 1820. So there was was an economic Mm -hmm. crisis. Yeah. But with only one party, you know, you really didn't have anybody to blame or run against. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
and so with lack of foreign intervention, yeah. you know, we were pretty much left to do whatever we wanted to. Yeah. And that alone for Americans is usually a good thing. <laughs> but you're right. It, it, this is that that pinnacle of all that stuff. Yes. Because sooner or later the pot has to boil yeah, over. There's there's a couple of interesting things going on in that you're starting to see westward expansion. Right. And Monroe sort of loses control because it's his second term. Right. He's lame dog. Nobody cares anymore. We've done all we can for him. He's done all he can for us. So that's when you really do start to see this split. And the split becomes very interesting in, again, this is in 1820, the first time you really have Westerners running. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, Jackson is considered a Westerner. Yeah, Jack, Jackson's from Tennessee, Tennessee which is, yeah. And yeah. Anything west of the Appalachians yeah, is, is a Westerner. West. Westerner. And the other interesting person that's running is Henry Clay from Kentucky. Also yes. a Westerner, yeah. And Clay is quite a figure in U.S. history. Very much so. Um, Almost president on a couple of occasions. Yes. Never so quite. He's one of those guys that, on paper, you have that resume, Speaker of the House, Senator, Secretary of State eventually, and you're like, how did this guy not become president? Yeah. But that's the way it works. Well, that's and that's kind of the story we're about to tell because right. you're right. Ordinarily, Clay should have been able to do this, but the crucible in which all this happens comes out to be very weird. Yeah, uh, it should it shouldn't have happened this way, but it also kind of illustrates some things about the system too, <laughs> as you get into it. Yeah. So, you know, and there's no nominating conventions. This party's oh. not aiming itself to have one guy. Right. It's just. A- Whoever, whoever gets nominated, yeah, states could nominate, individual <coughs> states. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Andy Jackson was nominated within uh, I think something like 18 months of, uh, of John Quincy Adams being uh, inaugurated uh, for the next election. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's already on the ballot. Well, Jackson didn't intend to run in 1824. He was, he was not right. wanting to at all. And he got drawn into he it. He got drawn into it. And but when, if you know anything at all about Jackson, <laughs> all you've got to do is say, we want you, and he's there. Yeah. He, uh, he, he viewed it as a challenge and an obligation. That's correct. Right. That's right. And, I mean, he got, got in. It's hard to paint Jackson simply. He oh, is a very absolutely. complex figure. He is both uh, a demon and an angel at different times, you might say. Yeah. So, uh, before we move on to that, one of the things I want to point out that makes these, these elections so interesting is that we are still not at a time when every citizen got to vote That's right. for president. That's a right. good number of states... Their electors, because remember the electors are actually who elect the president, right. are chosen by the state legislatures. Yep, right. Uh, in indirect. some cases, uh, like in Kentucky, uh, there are regions, basically congressional districts probably, uh, or something close to it, that choose uh, by vote, by popular vote in those districts, yeah. who their electors will be. And then the electors do what they and what they want for the most part, sort but of. they're most beholden. Part, yes, they are. Be, they're beholden certainly on the first ballot yeah. because. In ninety nine percent of the cases, it's going to be a done deal, you know. Yeah. This uh, was and some some states. I don't know if they did then, but some states now have faithless elector laws, which I don't know yeah. how, if those have been challenged constitutionally. Uh, but uh, you know, back back then, not everybody got to vote, which is a very interesting thing. I didn't realize it was this late into yeah. the American experiment. It's, yeah, it's, we were it's still far more indirect at this point. Than it eventually is now. We're oh, yes. pretty close to direct elections, not quite, but uh, there's very few mm-hmm. uh, barriers between the actual popular vote right. and, and 
of all, of all the elections, there have only been five that have gone to the House of Representatives. Yeah, this would be the second one. And this would be the second one. Yeah. So, in 1824. In 1824. Sorry. So, yes. In 1824, there's actually four men running. Uh, John Quincy Adams from Massachusetts. Yeah. Andrew Jackson from Tennessee. William H. Crawford from Georgia. Who nobody knows. <laughs> and Henry Clay from Kentucky. And yeah. again, Those are the three you, we all know, though. You've got two people from kind of the traditional states in, in Georgia and Massachusetts. Massachusetts but, but has very, already had one president. But very separate, too, though. Yeah. Because yes, because you definitely South. have a northern state and a southern state, yeah. which, which is not yet a distinction. That's coming. But this is one of those early cracks that you see yeah. of this regionalization that yes, you've got. Yes, because very much so. You can look at a map and you can see which regions voted for which guy. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, again, Jackson from Tennessee and Clay from Kentucky. And another little interesting piece of it is Clay detested Jackson. Yes. 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 Uh, I think he says at one point, just because he killed 2,500 British at New Orleans doesn't make him qualified to be president. Yep. Of course, again, with Clay, qualification means I've won elections already. I'm Speaker of the House and right. all that. Um, so you have these four candidates out there um, nominated from different mechanisms within this one party. Right. And nobody gets to the 131 electoral votes needed to win. Right. Jackson has the most at 99. He's still quite a bit shy. Yeah, it's that it, it's quite a bit shy, and uh, Adams was close to him. Yeah, he's, I think he was eighty in the forty-seven, something yeah. like yeah. that, eighty-seven. So he's not that far behind him. Clay comes in third. Yeah, uh-huh. Crawford is last. Now, that, but they're not far off. No, that throws the the election, as you say, to the House of Representatives under the Twelfth Amendment. So Clay, he's Speaker of the House. Yes. It's, this is his party. Yeah. This is this is his dog right here. He can't really be... He's not really a factor. No, because... Because he, it's only the top two. That's right. That because they have to decide from. No, no. They got to decide from the top three. That's right. They, they, okay. have, to, they have to dump the, they have to dump yeah, the, they, the, the one at the bottom. Yes. And that would be Clay. No, no. No, Crawford. Crawford. Crawford, Crawford finished Crawford. last. So he's okay. out of the picture. Right. Uh, Clay probably can't get there. Right. He's too far behind. Well, he but, is. Yeah, looking at looking at the numbers here, uh, Jackson comes in with ninety nine electoral votes. Uh, Quincy Adams has set as eighty four, and Clay only has thirty seven. He's way down compared to the others. So he realizes, coalition wise, I cannot dethrone both of them. Right. Yeah, I can't. But I can I can't dethrone leave. one of them. Yeah. So again, he detests Jackson, that's and right. they were competing for the same votes. Right. That's They're both Westerners. That's again, right. that's what's important about them both being Westerners. They're they're going after the same votes, and Clay. Really, like this upstart from Tennessee is taking my vote, right? Because Clay considers himself, rightfully so, a master politician at this point. Yeah, he's a statesman. He, he he's he truly is. an early statesman. That's yeah. very much so. Yeah, he's he's, the, he's a policy wonk too. Yeah, because he's the guy coming up with things for this party to actually do. Yeah, well, uh, eventually, when it comes to the whole slavery issue, he's the one that comes up with the Missouri Compromise. Yeah, and he's the one that he calls it the American system, where he's the guy that's bringing up. Internal improvements, right? Canals, new roads, things like yeah. that, for the government to do, because he feels like that brings the country together. Well, and it's interesting you say that too, because one of the things you can actually make a pretty good cogent argument. One of the reasons that everything goes off the rails as you approach eighteen sixty one with the with the uh, Civil War 
is because Clay is gone. Clay's the only one that's able to somehow facilitate this yeah. inter-territorial rivalry and keep the peace and keep the Union together in many respects. And then you have idiots like Stephen Douglas who comes in, and you have Bleeding Kansas, and then boom. Well, I mean, we could do an entire episode. Maybe we should. And I think on we the should. Causes of the, the <laughs> we, we, we talked. We talked in our, our our Sherman episode that we need to do a Lincoln episode at least. That's probably a long. I, I submit we could probably do two or three. Oh well, yeah, I yeah, mean, you can tie all that together. Yeah, because in many respects, between the war in Texas, war against Mexico, where we uh, basically annexed Texas, that's right. uh, up until 1860. That whole period is just rife with things to talk about. Oh, yeah. It's so prophetic in many ways. Yeah. Because, now, of course, we have the benefit of hindsight. But you look back and you see some of these those moments politically. Henry Clay was a, was a huge yeah. piece of that. And we forget that too much because he's a little bit before. Uh, by the time we start talking about the Civil War, we start the, the discussion usually later. But we forget that he's the one that created... It would have happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I the do believe. The seeds of the Civil War started... With the compromise that uh, the Mississippi, uh, no Missouri was, compromise was that 18, the one in eighteen yeah, twenty? Yes. So yeah. Was, well, yeah that, yeah, that was that was Clay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's where the seeds of it eventually. Started. That's correct. Mm-hmm. It, it it actually worked pretty well, but Stephen Douglas, God, I almost cursed him. I'm not going to do that, but I come real close to that because he's the one that undid that with the whole Kansas Nebraska Act. Well. No matter what, as long as we were, yeah, and this is so, so, so off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were going to ha- have, yeah, we were going to go down a, a yeah. uh, sooner or later. Somebody's going to pull that, pull that rug out. Yeah. Somebody, and it just so happened it was Douglas, and uh, I, uh, he, especially considering he's the foe of Lincoln and all that sort of stuff, he's been reviled. He was actually a pretty important politician at the time, but he was. I mean, you talk about a racist bastard. Douglas well, by today's standards, all of them were. Oh, but I mean, really, this guy here, I mean, ooh, totally unpalatable in all ways. Yeah, and yeah. yet he was extremely popular at the time, well, which may say something about the times. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so back to 1824. 1824, yes. <clears throat> okay, rabbit hole exited. Uh, uh, one thing I do want to point out, though, don't forget this. No, not, not rabbit hole. John C. Calhoun. He is the vice president under all this. Yeah. And almost unanimous, unanimously so. We, rep, we, rep, we elect our vice presidents separate. He has united the country under himself. He's a southerner, South Carolina. So there is this attempt or desire to, which these candidates should be able to figure out, we want one guy. We just haven't figured out which one it is yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Calhoun ends up being a very polarizing figure. Correct. He ends up being somebody that... None of them can really stand, and he can't stand any of them. Well, that's, that's and that figures that's at, later. That's on. right. It figures in the a whole other lot of thing this. that's uh, is interesting, really too. This is kind of the first election where there's none of the original generation of patriots is really a, a force here. Well, yeah, Madison is gone. Jefferson's gone. Adams is gone. Uh, you know, and Monroe is he's their successor, he's the but he's done. But he's still the same. All of these guys are really that second set. Uh, you know, Quincy Adams, obviously, son of the original. You know, right. right. So I mean, these, these are really guys the were around set. during the revolution. They were just young during the revolution. Well, yeah, so um, young. In fact, they would be children in most cases. Uh, Jackson was actually captured by the British, and because he would not shine the boots of a British officer, uh, he was struck and scarred. Yes, that's right. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why he hated the British. <laughs> oh, uh, one of the reasons why he was so against what was going on at the time, because 
the uh, the Monroe, uh, if I remember correctly, Monroe was all for closer ties with Britain. Yeah, Jackson wanted nothing to do with that. Absolutely, yeah. uh, uh, the memory for him was very deep for yes. lots of reasons. Yeah, so it's very much these men are all making their marks, not during the Revolutionary period, yeah. but after. Right, right. You know, again, the world Quintana is different is, now. Is making a, a a mark after Jackson's making a mark in the War of eighteen twelve. Clay is making a mark as a a legislator after all of this. Right. So, <coughs> pardon me. What happens? is that Clay um, basically rounds up the congressional delegations that voted for him and says, throw it to Adams. Yep. Adams then turns around and makes Clay his Secretary of State, which, as we've said, that's the springboard. That's right. That's basically acknowledging that's the heir apparent. That's right. right. Wink, wink, shake, shake. Let's well, at the time... It was considered a corrupt election because of this. Yes. Because uh, even before it happened, the press said that this was going to happen. Yeah. That Adams had promised him the Secretary of State position if he would get the election thrown to Adams. Right. Yeah. And, of course, now, depending on the sources you read, one of the ones I read said, uh, you know, that um, that he, he thought, well, you know, they're going to think I'm... Anyway. They did, did it anyway. Whether so I take the job or not, so I might as well take, take the, job. the job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there was never any corroboration right. that's that been... he did it, but Jackson's people said it was a corrupt bargain, and you're right, Clay said, well, no matter what I do, that's going to be the feeling, so I might as well take the job. Right. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, and, and all things being equal, he was a damn fine Secretary of State. Clay, you can't really say much bad about Henry Clay when it comes to politics. He knew his stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he's going to be tainted by... That Everybody is, involved is That tainted. is correct. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Everybody yeah. here has, has got yes. a little... Uh, Jackson has become that uh, that a smeared man. He's become the one who's wronged. Going into yeah. the next election, he has that behind him. And there's power in he's, that. He's the cute girl that gets left at the door at the prom. Yeah. yeah. Because and, the, the boyfriend took somebody else. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he wins a... a large plurality, not majority, but plurality right. of popular vote. So by all, and you know, not nearly as large of a plurality of electoral votes, but large enough, you know, it's kind of like what we just saw with the election in 2016. You know, Hillary Clinton wins the uh, popular vote by some 3 million votes. That's a lot of votes. Right. But she screwed up and didn't campaign in the right places, didn't get the electoral votes. Yeah, and especially somebody with the political acumen that she has or supposed to have had, you would think that... Should have known better. We should, yeah, there's yeah. some, yeah. There's some now, truth to that. Back then, that would, you know, didn't have polling like they do now. Well, yeah, she should have saw that coming. They, they couldn't have known that as well yeah. to, back then as they did today. So Jackson comes out of this. He is really... Furious, well, and he's and got a. He thought it was his, and in ninety-nine electorate, and he, he thought it was his. And he has a good case. Well, yeah. that's right. Jackson is notoriously, if you read about him, you know this. I mean, we will talk about a bad temper. This man, if you yes. if you want to look into the dictionary and look up bad temper, it's probably got Jackson's face beside yeah. it. He because, was infamous for dueling. That's how bad a temper. He he actually was shot in the chest dueling in Tennessee. Ended up killing the guy afterwards. After he's been shot in the chest, mind you offs the guy and carries 
that bullet the rest of his life. You want to talk about a tough... Old Hickory doesn't even begin to describe this. Yeah. This guy here is a badass of badasses. And yeah. he can hold a grudge. And he can yeah. hold a grudge. We know that. Yeah. Uh, it's and that's So, you know, he's not somebody you want to piss off. Right. But they have effectively done so. So, yeah. you know, there's a butt whooping coming. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 1824. A total mess. Total mess. And, again, and the campaign starts for 1828 almost immediately. Yeah, right. and it's not even, again... Party versus party. It's it's all these guys are all supposed to be one party. Yeah, yeah. And but it's there's effectively that, yeah, and that, westerners and this new generation, and a general versus a legislator, and and yes, this, and he was seen as a war hero. That's huge. Yeah, and just this old style, uh, Quincy Adams, you know, tie to the patriot generation. Yeah, absolutely. Being the son of John Adams did carry a little bit of weight too. So yeah. you know, it's it's not like Quincy Adams is some. Uh, impossible candidate, or should have never gotten elected. He was very qualified. Yeah. Well, he had been Secretary of State. Absolutely. He's he's gone through the cursus sonorum, as yeah. it were. He, well, he's author of the Monroe Doctrine, basically. Well, exactly. So, so I mean, you know, this. You know, I don't. I don't. Do not like to, uh, in any way, think that he was some sort of a hack. He he actually no, definitely did, not. Did, did a really yeah. He, I mean, he's he, a he very did. qualified candidate. Yeah. Yes. He's probably one of the few, really. How did he not win re-election? Of one-term presidents, yeah, yeah, because usually one-term presidents have something really massively bad. That's right. He should have because he doesn't really make any bad mistakes. He's actually a pretty good president, but all that happened to get him and getting him there that was taints a taint, the entire taints thing. The yeah. whole yeah. thing. So that sets up 1828, which we, is the one that we really, really had remembered. Yes, uh, as and I'm glad you brought up about Robert the uh, the process because. In 1828, that's beginning to change. Yes, there were some changes yeah, made. That's, there a, changes that's made essential in, to understand, yes, too. It, it's, it's still really not a full popular vote for the electors yet, but it's... Yeah, more and more people are becoming eligible to participate in this process, mm -hmm. and it starts to change the character of these elections. Yes. I think the places where you see the... And some places where the changes were made actually backfired <laughs> because uh, I think it was Pennsylvania. Uh, they, they had a Their delegation was strongly... Would have been seen as, a, as an Adams delegation. But the changes they made actually split it more down the middle. Yeah. Uh, the way the, the selections were done. Uh, but I think as you get those new states coming in, they're going more for the popular vote uh, method of choosing the electors. Yeah. Uh, so that part's changing. This it's becoming more of a this more participation for the average person. Yeah, you know, that's a really key thing to understand. You know, prior to to this election, much of American politics is still an elitist game. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, you Jackson's know, very much an outsider. He's he the, isn't. He's an outsider. He's the first president born in a log cabin. Believe it or not, everybody else was born in you know fairly affluent surroundings, and he is born in poverty. Right, and that's right. that's un, you know unheard of. Uh, although that's part of his mystique uh, for a long, long time. Man of the people, kind of. That is exactly yes. right. Yeah. Uh, and the war hero was part of that. And the fact that he is a just a larger than life, kick butt kind of guy. People like strong leaders, and there's no doubt he, whether you love him or hate him, he's definitely that. Well, and yeah, and he had he had his successes on the battlefield. Yep. Again, they're controversial by today's standards. Uh, you know the. Uh, the war against the creek, which is actually part of the War of eighteen twelve, very controversial by yes. today's standards, takes Florida. Basically, decides to invade Florida on his own, <laughs> which is just so Andrew Jackson. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. And that's so we have to basically we have to uh, take over Florida because well we've already got it. We can't give it back. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, and there's, there's a bunch more stuff I want to talk about along those lines with Jackson. Because, yeah. yes, you're definitely you're definitely on the right road. Um, but let's, let's hit 1828 yeah. first because there's still a couple more pieces. Not to... Not to just like chop you off of the knees, Robert, but maybe at the feet, but yeah, maybe at the, <laughs> at the waist, yeah. just just so. below an appendage. Um, no, dude, keep the appendage intact. Yes, so we must always, keep the yeah, must keep the appendage intact, and never step on it. Yeah, and never step on but it. But we do our best. Okay. Um, Although, if you can step on it, bravo, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> well, that took a turn when nobody was expecting, did it? So, in 1828. So not only you, know, you had all this resentment brewing, but now Jackson's resentful enough that he splits the party. This, so this Democrat-Republican party essentially ceases to exist. Jackson, sort of yes, sort of no. I mean, it still is around afterwards, but you definitely, there's a division. Yeah, there's, there's really nobody in it, because everybody's got to pick sides. Right. right. Because Jackson and his supporters... Uh, form what's called the Democrat Party or Democratic Party. Right. The forerunner of what still exists today. Basically, right. when you talk about the, the Democratic Party today, you're talking about Andrew Jackson. The Party of Jackson. The Party of Jackson. It's what he formed. Yep. Uh, My out of the God, ashes. that must be galling today. <laughs> well, you, you think, think about so. It. Yeah, that's correct. Because many of the people that belong to the Democratic Party, the coalitions that do there, find him absolutely unpalatable. Well, and for for, for good reason. For good reasons. Because right. I mean, he's unpalatable for should be unpalatable. That's for correct. Republicans. We, we anointed him for the same reason historically for a long, long time before we realized. Well, wait a minute. He did what? Yeah. Well, I mean, he. We haven't even gotten to the Trail of Tears yet. My no. Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and I want to hit that. I want to hit that here, uh, too. But uh, and then Adams, the sitting president. And his supporters uh, now have this rump into this Democrat-Republican Party, and they decide to change its name to the National Republicans. Of course, he's their nominee. He's the sitting president. Jackson is the nominee now of the Democratic Party. And, yes, this is the dirty uh, election. Really dirty election. It it is probably... It is probably dirtier than 1800, mainly for this reason. And that's the attacks on his wife, on yes. Jackson's wife. Yes, yes. Um, you know, even in 1800, I don't think they went after families. I'd have to, to do a little research on that. That was still pretty much off the table. But they went after her. She was divorced, theoretically. Yeah. Uh, there's still some question, depending on the sources you read, there's still a question as to whether or not the, the divorce that she thought happened really did. Yeah. But they but ended up getting married a second time just to make sure after they knew for sure that it was yeah. final. Yeah. But they called her an adulteress. They actually said, do we want an adulter- a convicted adulteress, they said. Or, not adulteress. Um, uh, a, a bigamist. Bigamist. Convicted yeah. bigamist. Uh, and her paramour yeah. in the White well, House. Well, yeah. This, this is serious it's, personal yeah. attacks, which that hadn't ha- I mean, not to say it didn't happen, but this took center stage. Yeah, to really drag, you're right, to drag in the wife... Her name's Rachel Donaldson. Yep. Uh, again, you're right. She had been married, but you know, you file for divorce. It's Tennessee. It's it's the frontier. Right. And we're not. You can't make photocopies of the decree. <laughs> you know. Yes. It's just so this kind of thing happened. It did. Uh, People it happened done. more than once. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure it happened quite a bit to women, especially as they would be left behind. Men would move west or, or whatever. Yes. And then you didn't know. You That's didn't right. know what happened. 
the man didn't know, hey, I left this woman behind in Nashville, but hey, if uh, Scarlet Fever runs through town, she could be dead. Uh, I'm out here on the trail. She doesn't know if the Indians have killed me. You just don't know. It's just yeah. this kind of yeah, exactly. thing, this sort of frontier yeah, situation. The, the anachronistic conditions are something we really need to take we, into we account. We don't really, we don't really yeah, understand them right now. It's like what outside our experience. But it, it's yeah. So the circumstances of their marriage are. It's, it's easy to understand how that happened. In one hand, on the one yeah. hand, but it's also hard for Americans today to understand. Yeah. How could you not know? But the worst part about going after her was. It very likely caused her death. Yes. She was torn up over this. It really yes. wore on He her. wins the election, and she dies before the inauguration. Yeah, she in December. Make it, yeah, she makes it a month after that. And uh, we, you know, we mentioned this in the show prep. Jackson never forgave anybody for no, any of this. He didn't forgive anybody anyway. Yeah. This was really a reason. Because, because, I mean, they really were... They were a love match. A, a they really were he, a power couple in many ways. Yeah. She was very good for him. He was good for her. They uh, actually were very much in love. Uh, no children, if I recall correctly. No, no children. Uh, but uh, for, the, for she was probably the only civilizing force this man had. Because he's definitely... Uh, uh, frontiersman, a, a frontiersman. That's correct, and all the and all that goes with that. So uh, they 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 may have sown the wind, but they reaped the whirlwind in they many did. ways. Because I mean, you it said, did, it didn't help anyways. That's correct. Jackson wins hand down, hands down. Yeah, it's it's it uh, is no contest really. You're right. I mean, there's there's, uh, <laughs> there's some strongholds for Adams, but they're not really. The West has now become a power politically. Which is something that's new and not quite understood. Jackson understood it. Clay understood it. But guys like Adams or even Calhoun, they're still very original 13 colony oriented here. Mm -hmm. They think the power base is all there and it's moving west. Well, it's probably similar to a situation we see today. Uh, you have the largest individual population centers uh, in along the, along the 13th the east coast. coast. Yeah. But when you look at the population out west, it's growing quickly. As people right. are moving from the east that is to correct. the west, that's going to be a little bit harder to catch on to, uh, especially between censuses and the redistricting that would go on. Absolutely, and the western character was very different because yes. uh, these guys are the ones, guys and gals, are the ones with that rugged frontiersman attitude, as you said. Jackson was the original rugged individual. That's correct. He was. <laughs> yes. I mean, in many ways, and that's what. And yeah. they saw a kindred spirit in him. He's one of us. Yes. He will not forget us because Jackson. Uh, everybody knew him. When he makes his oath to you, he keeps it. He keeps yeah. his word. That's one of the things yeah. that he, it's you know. And he uh, sometimes to your peril <laughs> because he holds yeah. grudges very well. well. But when he makes a vow, he keeps it. Yeah. And they knew how to organize. They were they more, did. The, they're, they were way more organized than Adams and his uh, uh, supporters and associates. And they campaigned better. Uh, and that's part which of is the really unusual lady. because when you think about it, uh, you know we're still in a time when candidates don't campaign. You know, it's all done by proxy. Right. That's. Uh, I, I don't think we can underestimate that value because that is completely alien to us today. Yeah. But that's what, you know, these folks, that's how you can get personal tax on a man's wife is because the candidate's not doing it. His subordinates are doing exactly. it. Exactly. So there's well, a deniability. The well. That's correct. And there are willing accomplices on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. That because in, the, it, in this modern day and age, 
there's a very strong bias with regards to press for one side. It is much more diverse here. You have papers that are openly one-sided mm -hmm. and the other-sided. And Absolutely. depending on who you read, you've, it's, it's far more uh, a divided house, so to speak. Yeah. And that has both advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, so you know, him winning in 1828, you know, looking back on it, it looks like a foregone conclusion, but you know, it wasn't. You know, because the sitting president still had great power. And like you said, there wasn't a major issue that... No, he was actually a pretty good president. Right. But he was at the wrong time. But at the wrong time, because a wronged man got cheated out of the presidency. We don't like that as Americans. That's I correct. Think. Yeah. I think that, that played into it big. That it was and the, just the accusation of the corrupt bargain. But additionally, people like fairness. Yep. They like for people to get mm. a, a, a fair shake. That's right, and it was felt that, that Jackson didn't. Yeah, he, right. he he he. The fight was rigged. It was not a fair slugfest. You know, uh, it's interesting. I think he's the only one of those five uh, contested elections that ran again the next term or the next election. Adams oh, did. Adams the original did Adams not. did That's not. Right. Um, uh, Gore did not run. That's correct. That's Hillary right. is not running, right. and the one in uh, the eighteen eighties. Um, uh, well, uh, uh, Benjamin Harrison. Benjamin Harrison. Um, see the one who died? No, that's Garfield. Garfield died. Yeah, Garfield, Garfield died, uh, and whoever uh, ran Arthur, against him, Arthur. Arthur, Chester A. Arthur, Arthur was yes. after him. Yeah, and he, um, and he did run for one and, term. Uh, yeah, and he decided not to run, but that left it wide open. Right. But, so Arthur that was a time when Democrats weren't winning elections, anyways. Yeah, well, Arthur knew he was quite ill. Well, yeah. Grover Cleveland he, did win as a Democrat during that time. Right, twice. but he wasn't the guy who ran against. Uh, Garfield, no. So you know, again, nobody who lost in one of those contested elections ran again except him. Yeah. So you can make the case that, you know, bad candidates aside, you know, is this a is this a, a an anomaly? Why I not? Think, I think it's a clear. Uh, as it's an it, it's an anomaly because he did it, run. Well, that's correct, but it's it's an it's it's a clear manifesto. I mean, uh, it's a moratorium. Oh. Damn it, Jim. No, it's a clear indicator, thank you very much, of that he was wronged. And yes. he knew it. And more to the point, everybody knew it. And that's why Quincy Adams probably was a little worried, and he should have been. Yeah, now I will say this. All of the other cases were not nearly this extreme of a vote difference. That's right. Yeah. As far as percentages and, you go. Know, and the, the perception of here is a clear perception. There's no. This is not innuendo. This this did happen, and everybody right. knew it. Uh, whether it was actually as advertised or not, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's going to be called a duck. Yep. So Jackson wins this relatively handily. Yep. And he starts, which I find interesting, what we now call the spoils system. Yeah. He starts handing out jobs left and right. Now, that always happens, but apparently this guy took it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah, and he sets the stage for what comes afterwards. Because yes. uh, by the time of Lincoln, they're lining up outside of his office to try to get preferments uh, every both both of his elections. I mean, it's become a, a feeding frenzy Yes, uh, where this happens. <clears throat> and, in fact, that's one of the things, that's the only reason that he got the 12th, 13th Amendment passed is because he used that, Lincoln did, right. to get those extra votes he needed to get it passed. He used well, when you have spoil system. Uh, party changes with a new president now, the spoil system really does come into play. When you're all part of the same party, you're all just, you know, that, it doesn't really matter. You're yeah. all on the same team. So this is an interesting change. Now that we have a true two-party system start to take off, even though that second party really fluctuates for the next 
30 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the National Republicans kind of fizzle out. Um, and the Whigs take the over. The Whigs kind of become that next group. Uh, I think there's only one Whig president, uh, or as uh, Zachary Taylor, right? Is he the only one? Ooh, I don't think he's the only one. No, uh, uh, we'd have to check that out. Uh, stick well, a pin in that. Well, he, he brings, he's the one that brings Tyler on, right, as his vice president? Uh, no, but, that's uh, William Henry Harrison. Tyler is his president. That's right. Uh, Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that's what yeah, that's yeah. how he That's the it. battle yeah. that Harrison won in, in that, Indiana. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So no, uh, Zachary Taylor's uh, guy was Millard Fillmore. Oh right, right. Yeah. Which yeah. nobody remembers much mm-hmm. anyway, except for the rather strange name. Yeah. Uh, that, but you can you we know his picture, but we can't tell you much of anything else he yeah. did. And honestly, for some people, that makes him a good president. Well, he didn't screw anything up. Well, that's that's <laughs> correct. Because uh, if I recall correctly, William Henry Harrison was meant to be the anti-Jackson. Uh, and he had a lot of Jackson's characteristics, so he was easy to, to slide into that role. Yeah. He said, you don't like the party that he's done. Let me give you the alternative. And he's just as good. If you liked him, we can, we can do better with that. And... Uh, because he had the war hero thing down, and he was well liked actually. And of course, you know, we all know him only, mostly because of his short tenure. I mean, it was in days. Yes, thirty you know, days. Yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, so pneumonia that he contracted at the inauguration, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Right. So we've got the the political structure of the, the country has totally changed with this one election. Mm-hmm. It to me, this is fascinating. I oh. don't think we've seen such a sea change in American history like this, Completely. except for the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, right, exactly. you're right. But you know, those the Civil War political parties did survive. Well, no, they did, but it changed the nature of the country. Oh, oh, oh yes, absolutely, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the, the country, political system. You can make an argument that the country post Civil War is yeah. not the same country as the country pre Civil War. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. and I mean that not just you know philosophically. I mean ontologically, you could make that case. Oh, correct. We were very which Ooh, ontologically. That's a good I, I word. Love you, you love that? That's you very got good. the ten dollar word out on you that's, there. That's, that's, that's right. I take that. That's pretty awesome. You're exact, but you're exactly right. Yeah. It was not anything near. Uh, and Lincoln understood this. That's why he wanted to get the darn Thirteenth Amendment right. passed because he knew if we go back to what we did. Yeah, we're just gonna be back. We're, here we're again. back here again. We were talking about that in the show prep. How right. that's that's <clears> the absolute thing that you Lincoln forced the change. Uh, politically, to keep in place the changes, the ontological changes that you had, because right. he was afraid of a backsliding almost happened, for goodness sakes, because Alexander Stevens and his folks that we saw in the movie Lincoln come forth and say, we'll give you peace. And Lincoln right. says, well, uh, wait out here for a little while. Grant, go talk to them for a little yeah. while. I got some work to do. I'll get to you later. So, uh, with this sea change, things, you know, really does take the country on a totally new um course oh yeah so fast jackson is probably one of the he's not the only because jefferson was this way as well jefferson as i've said before he totally went against everything he ever campaigned on yes as as president yeah but jackson he did everything he said he was going to do but he is in the sense that um he is very active as an imperial president kind of figure yes an active executive yes he might have been one of the first uh well think about that jefferson aside a little uh, bit, but now, Jefferson was far more moderated, I think, than well, Jackson was. Well, he had massive that may be, influence. That, well, well, that's maybe true. so, but I mean, if you look at, at Jefferson, you know, the Louisiana Purchase, uh, the Barbary, uh, Barbary Wars, Barbary yeah. Wars yeah, you know, yeah. all these things that he did were totally against his anti-federalist stance. Yeah. 
which is very I find very ironic. Well, yeah. I, I think he recognized perhaps the fallacies of his original position. <laughs> Once you get into the system, you're like, well, there's got to be some federalism here. Otherwise, we can't well, do things. in the one case, you've got to protect American interests. That was the, the Barbary Wars. Absolutely. But, you know, when you get a chance to buy, you know, half of a continent for $15 million grant, Sign that's aside. a crap ton of money. That's correct. Then. And uh, he had a vision that knew we needed it. Not right. everybody would have had that. Exactly. But, I mean, you know, that, uh, that basically secured the continent as an american continent mm-hmm. yeah because uh, manifest, De- be- yeah, manifest destiny was really only a, a, a true viable argument post that yes until you get coast to coast right it, it's, well, well, the it's, argument, it's an idea but manifest destiny is also what gets you coast to coast yeah. well that's right yeah but but it became a popular item yes uh especially around well, the war 1812 had some of that to it but really the westward expansion the whole manifest destiny is done because oh we've already got this much let's keep going yeah and we were more than willing to, to keep going yeah. so Jackson really he takes control of the yeah. federal government yes oh, yeah uh, he rules executive. by executive order what we call executive order basically today yeah uh, he rules uh, not quite by fiat because he can't really do that but where he can he does yeah well, he, he, he makes sure that the the US uh, the second US bank is totally dismantled even though it was popular. Uh, he was one that absolutely hated it. He got that totally dismantled. Um, you know, we had the... Uh, he, he, he was also, in, in, in addition to being very anti-British, he was very anti-Indian. He did not do a damn thing to help yes. us. Well, anyway. I, I, I want to get... Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, bring, he's a bring very, that out. Because he's a very complex character because, on the one hand, he's one of the early people to help save the Union because he tells South Carolina, no, you absolutely cannot secede because there is a... A succession yes. crisis during his presidency, and he says, "I will invade. I'll bring the army. They almost, and yeah, we're going to kick your ass." So, yeah, South Carolina uh, tried to make uh, federal tariffs null and void in their state. Uh, South Carolina, first to basically join the revolution. Yep. First to try and secede, and first to actually do. What it. a bunch of troublemakers! They are a bunch of troublemakers. Uh, South Carolina, we love you if you're listening. Yeah, well, we yeah, do. It, it, it honestly, a, I, I like the plucky attitude. Yeah, I don't it, necessarily it like what you did with it. Well, but, you you know. Know. Charleston, South Carolina, is one of the most beautiful cities in it the is. United States. It really is, and they're very welcoming today. They are. And then, um, on the other hand, though, as we've hinted at, he's to me, he's probably the one American president. That you could charge with genocide credibly. Now, Absolutely. I mean, people That's right. throw that around and say, well, no, George Bush or whatever. But no. No, no, no. If you're yeah. serious about this, you're right. The Indian removal and forcing people west out of the lands that they had in Georgia, Florida, and, and so on, Tennessee. Yeah, and he was consistent tears. his entire life with this. Yeah. The amount of land he forced the creeks. Matter of fact, hold on. Hold yep. On. Huh? The amount of land that he forced the Creeks to give up is that right there. That's most of Alabama and a good chunk of, of Georgia. Of Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And that's before he even becomes president. And yeah. He just that, continues it. That's just goes military. Yeah. And that's just military. Yeah. yeah um, he, he, and then with the, the with Seminoles Georgia, are basically, you know, eradicated. He destroys yeah. the Seminole Nation. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's it's the the, the Native the, Americans have a great reason to revile him. Yeah. And, and that and because we have assimilated them into us. As a nation today, I think we all kind of have to sort of yes, sort of no, sort of no. That's I mean, well, we're, yes. it's still yeah. we're still working on it, but uh, I think we've come a long way, baby. But I'm telling you, we really 
need to call call him what he is. Uh, he was a, a racist bastard at times. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. not, and there's no question yeah. as to that. Yeah. He and, was, uh, whenever, one of the things he was reviled for, and I think this is in the 1828 election, was his um, uh, uh, trading in slaves. Mm-hmm. He was not reviled for being a slave owner, but, but just in the way he traded, bought, and sold, and transferred slaves. It heartless, was heartless. Heartless. It was inhumane even by the standards of the day. day. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that is saying something. <laughs> that is saying something. <laughs> yeah. Because this is still you know, a time when slavery is has very little opposition. The abolition movement is very, very weak, very young. Very yeah, in, yeah, yeah, infant it's, stages kind of. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Jackson is, you know... Complex this, doesn't even com- do, yeah this, doesn't this even hero do he, he's on our money like other founders and all that which there's, is ironic considering he didn't like a, uh, a national he didn't bank. like the bank yeah well there's actually been movements to change that <laughs> yes and there I has suspect, and I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on that I'm down with it let's put Harriet Tubman with a rifle on the dollar uh, or the twenty dollar bill and let's get rid of Andy Jackson I'm I'm down with it interesting I'm I, we've never talked it. about that but you're right. Uh, uh, I, I'm totally ag- agree that Andrew Jackson kind of needs to go. Uh, there's lots if you of don't do arguments. Harriet Tubman, you should do a Native American. Oh, wow. You know? That irony of ironies. Yeah, that's correct. Well, we got uh, Sacagawea on the on the, on the gold coin. Well, that's true. That's true. Which was not which was not bad. Calvin so, Coolidge. That's who needs to be on the money. Uh, you'll Absolutely. Ne- you'll never make it happen, boys. You'll yes. never Silent make it happen. Silent Cow would be great on, on and, money. And then put on the back of it, in God we trust, you're weaned on a pickle. <laughs> but uh yeah jackson uh, again this this very complex successful two-term president you know forcibly saved the union and quit uh quelled a secession crisis yeah. um brought this whole idea of a popular figure a, a strong figure into the presidency a strong executive an active executive but at the same time Deeply flawed. Genocidal. Deeply flawed. Um, racist. To put it mildly, yeah. 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 No, I, I, we, we, can't, we can't emphasize enough just how, I mean, deeply flawed doesn't even go begin to describe how you know, revulsive that yeah. he was in many yeah. ways. Because when you look at the different parts of his life, you know, especially the War of 1812, the war against the Creek, no, there's nothing there other than he defeated an ally of the British. Yeah. That part, yes, is good. It's consistent for him, certainly. How he did it and what happened in the aftermath, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Well, it actually was a precursor to what he did with the Trail of Tears. Yes, know. and in Florida. Yeah. Now, what he did in the War of 1812 and the Battle of New Orleans, honestly, that's one of my favorite battles. It's a genius. Well, well, it, it was it, genius. It, well, yeah, militarily, he was, you know, there's no question he deserved his military accolades because Absolutely. he knew his stuff. Knew his stuff, and again, a frontiersman. Uh, tough, he, he had the ability to bring right. men together, to keep them together. Not always an easy thing when you're talking about a lot of volunteers here. These are militias based, you know, we don't have a standing army. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like by the time you get to the 1860s and you've got an officer corps that's going through West Point. There's none of that these days. Yeah, uh, He keeps them together by force of his personality. He does. And, you know, the fact that, that, that he won the last battle of the war, which... Technically happened after the end of the war. Yeah, I was, I it's a negotiated we peace. Yes. So it's a tie, but we actually won it. <laughs> yeah. So eh. it's enough of a peace <clears throat> that the Brits decide to leave us alone. Yes. And he proves that we can back that up. Right. Yes. And, the, uh, and it may it may not have uh, made much difference regarding the war itself, but it certainly did uh, send a signal yeah. to uh, to Europe, not just Britain. 
that and you know, I think would it not is, to be messed yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, it's it definitely does that, and I think it sends a different kind of signal to the American people. I, the War of eighteen twelve and that Battle of New Orleans is probably one of the main reasons why he eventually becomes president because okay. it solidifies the public view of him. That's right. It's a war we were losing yeah. on our own soil. Well, our capital had been burned. Absolutely, the president had fled. The White House itself had been burned. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even called the White House then. It was the President's House. Yeah. It's called the White House because they whitewashed it after it was burned, yeah. after they rebuilt it. But he wins a battle against a foe that was the premier army, even more so than it was during the Revolution. Oh, absolutely. It was still the world Because this is, the, this is the, the, the army that fought Napoleon. This, this is, is Wellington. Yeah. Yeah. Battle-hardened <clears throat> redcoats. Exactly. Straight from the peninsula, basically. Yeah, so absolutely. for him to be able to provide this this win, you know, to, to close out the war on a high note, that had to be a major effect yeah. on the American psyche. Yeah. It really had to, because we don't like to lose. <laughs> Even back then, you know, no, we... That's right. It's just... That's part of that frontier character that he helps is. bring forward. Yeah. You know, that... Yeah. that doggedness that audacity as roosevelt would say yeah audacity that's a good word for jackson yeah, yeah, it absolutely yes. is what made him a good military commander a good general is what makes him a bad person and how he executes his office as president yeah because he knew what he wanted to do and he did it and the cost be damned yeah and coalitions be damned so Moving and, and basically killing off tens of thousands of Indians, eh, no big deal. Don't yeah. care. They're not citizens anyway. Yeah. Didn't vote for him, won't vote for him. <laughs> you know, trading uh, slaves and being brutal about it, doesn't matter. They're not people. That's not a quote, That's but that's the kind of attitude you yeah, have to yeah, have. Yeah, that's absolutely. essentially his attitude, yes. These yeah. are beneath me, they're not people. Uh, right. So, there you go, listeners. That's 1828. Uh, and became a character study of Andrew Jackson. So, well, you kind of have to. You kind of yeah. have to. Yeah. So, uh, that's a lot of good stuff, you guys. A lot, a lot of good stuff. And that's exactly yeah. where I wanted to go with this. And he wins the re-election in 1832. Hands down. Hands down. No problem. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's... No problem winning that. Uh, like all two-term presidents, he decides not to run again. Yeah. Although, he's one of the few two-term presidents I think could have won a third term. Oh, he could have. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of them. He turns it over to basically as a uh, appointed successor as Van Buren. Martin Van Buren, that's correct. Yeah. So, let me leave... Who himself loses to William Henry Harrison because that, they want to change. There we go. Now we got the... the yeah. Yes, it, three in a row is very unusual. Four in a row, but to the same party... Unheard of. See, yeah. and that's kind of back Rose to that. Aside. Back to that original premise I got, we were talking about at the very beginning, how we like that pendulum to swing. We do not want it to be... We do now. Yeah. yeah this is one of those... This was new. This is where it started. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the it. start of two-party system in the U.S. It's, you know, the start of an active executive. It's a lot of stuff. It's very interesting. You also see the political lines being drawn this in 18 or it might have been 1832 election but it might have been 1828 north versus south it is under jackson where this solidifies oh that's correct that's yeah. that's exactly yeah. right yeah. that's where you that's why you have such difficulty later uh you know with some of you know zachary taylor as a war hero is able to to win and harrison is able to win but the guys that come after him uh franklin pierce you know he, he can't hold a coalition james buchanan can't hold a coalition that's yeah. just kind of... And Tyler basically walks out of all the parties. Well, that's right. Because well, he kind of just walked into it. You know, he yeah. was his vice president. And, yeah. uh, and, and you know, uh, you're right. It's, it starts to solidify that 
the Democratic Party is the party of the South. That's right. There's a regionalization. The Whigs start to be the party of the North and industrialization. Yep. And that and that split comes back, that agrarian versus northern trade interests and that, industrial That's interests. correct. It was, right. it it was solidified regionally yeah. in a greater way than was before. Yeah, but you still correct. had you know some back and forth. Mm-hmm. But now that you have a true two party system and you you know they are definitely power based yeah. regionally. It's all over as far as how things are going to play out later. So, boys, that's a solid hour on Andrew Jackson and the elections of 1820, 24, 28, and even a little mention of 32. That's right. So, 1800, and way off in some serious rabbit holes with uh, 1860 and some other stuff. (laughs) So, it's all connected, boys. It is. We always say, yeah, everything's connected. And that's what I loved about doing this. You draw that line right from. Monroe all the way through 2024, 20, 28. Their book ends. It's all connected. And Trevor Slattery and very complicated. It's complicated. Hey, hey, it's hey, complicated. It's complicated. That's right. So, Francis, what is on tap for next time? Next time, we're going back for our favorite words of wisdom, our Code of Honor episode. You know, guys, we love doing those. I'm, it, I'm always amazed. We come at it, we don't really know where we're going to end up with it, but we always come up with some really great fun, with some great quotations. We know you're going to love it. Before we go, one final thing. Yes. Should have done yes. this before. Yes. I think I know where you want to go. Today yeah. is April 3rd. The day this episode drops. Uh-huh. That is my father's birthday. Well, oh, that so is well, raise one to my dad. Raise, raise yes. a glass. Okay. So, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I'll just mention <clears throat> as we go out, uh, we are in the middle still of the blink. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're here gathered in defiance of directives to stay away from people. Hey. What are you going to do? We're snakes and otters. That's right. We're doing this. Amen to that. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.